HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd has been brought to you by Academy Opus Cassius. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training in the heart of France. For more information, visit academy-mons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Good Friday afternoon to everybody out there, and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host and uh, and baby, uh, my son here, is Max Martins. <laughs> <laughs> the show is being engineered today by Jack Inslee, and my, and my guest is Kelly Geary, who is the author of Tart and Sweet, which is a, a book published by Rodale Press that is all about... Um, home canning and preserving is that is that a good summary that's a good summary yeah (laughs) (laughs) max max likes preserves he just doesn't know it yet um so can you talk a little bit about um your book what was the inspiration for writing it and uh where people can find it sure um well it came about because a couple years ago well more than a couple at this point um, there were only a few canning books on the market at that point, and they were all like the ball book of canning and super high sugar recipes. And um, I had been making preserves in my kitchen for a while and like kind of disappointed in the recipes that I was finding in books. And so um, I teamed up with my co-author, Jesse Nadler, and we came up with a book of more creative recipes. Now there's a ton of canning books that have those, like that similar style of recipe, which is awesome. And, and, and you know, there's definitely good resources in, in, the, in the old books as well, but this is kind of a new approach. I feel, yeah, when did the book come out? It came out uh, at the end of March in 2010. Okay. But 
Yeah. No, 2011. Okay. It all we worked on it for so long. It, <laughs> You're like it's been years it's in the making. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just uh was cleaning my office and found the contract and was like 2009 I signed that contract. Wow, yeah, time <laughs> flies. That's crazy. But it took a really long time to make and then once it was once all the recipes and everything was turned in, it took a really long time to get everything laid out and went to press and whatever, so yeah, and it's it is amazing though. There was, you know, I always ask people like, you know, in the artisan cheese world, I'm like, how did all these people just start making cheese? And nobody knows. It's like mushrooms, you know, overnight, <laughs> like all these cheesemakers just appeared. And I feel like it's kind of the same thing with, um, you know, the preserves and the pickling, you know, with all the creative yeah. flavors and the kind of resurgence of the do-it-yourself, yeah. you know, movement. All of a sudden, there's like tons of jam companies. Which is really crazy because when I started, there weren't very many. I mean, there like there right. weren't so many artisan. You could count them on like, one hand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now they're just like everybody's done that. Well, and you're that I've I failed to mention that in my introduction of you. You are also the proprietor of Sweet Deliverance, <laughs> which is a, a really unique business. Um, can you tell us about the CSA facet and the jam facet? Sure. Uh, it started out as a CSA-based meal delivery service. So um, I signed people up for CSA shares, and then based on what was coming in their shares every week from the farm, I would create menus and then deliver their CSA share as prepared meals and that's actually how the canning started as well because i would get like tons of apples and tons of turnips or what whatever and nobody would order those things (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't want to throw them out so i just started canning everything and then at the end of the season giving everyone back like a bag of canned goods that was their produce that they had purchased anyway and they thought it was like this extra bonus (laughs) but um yeah, so I didn't know that that that's how the canning and the preserving came about. That's how it started, and then and then Brooklyn based did an article on some some canning, and then that's how the whole teaching classes uh, thing started rolling. It was really weird. That is so funny. I feel like in business, you never know what you're going <laughs> to end up with. You start with one idea. Like I started with a cheese shop and I was like, I just want a cheese shop and I'm just going to stand here every day behind the counter and sell people cheese. And then before I knew it, you know, restaurant chefs were coming and, um, you know, asking about these local cheeses and, you know, now seven years later, that's definitely the bulk of the business. And so now for you, I mean, you maintain both, right? You do the CSA, but the jam part is the one you're focusing on more. Right. Well, they're actually pretty equal Mm. right now. And I'm trying to, I'm actually working with someone to try and figure out which one I should pay more attention to because I'm pretty, I'm pretty spread pretty thin at this point between the two. But it's fun. Like I, I like doing it and they're totally different. Yeah. So it's good for me. And it's like, you know, it's always feels fresh. (laughs) <laughs> I keep I keep finding these like ridiculous puns as I've been talking to people lately. You said spread pretty thin. That's pretty good jam <laughs> pun. Uh, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, so tell can you um, tell us like about some of your you know flavors and flavor combinations and why um, you know why you kind of focus on those? I feel like you do some really interesting stuff yeah well that's the fun part about it i feel like i come at it from more of a cook's perspective than a food manufacturer's perspective so i really enjoy the part of it where i experiment with you know herbals that people aren't using very often or you know just uh different flavor combinations and 
I just started thinking recently, like I don't have, I've noticed that other, even the newer, smaller jam companies, they have like a six flavors that they have all the time. And I don't really have that. My flavors change super often and, and, and by what I'm inspired by. Yeah. So like, I love using like the lemon verbena or the hibiscus or, um, rose scented geranium or, you know, just different lavender, which is like pretty common, but like using it in different ways. Or yeah. using basil in a sweet application is pretty fun. What would like an example of that be? Like the lavender, the lemon verbena, and the basil. Like how would you combine those with other flavors? So I do a blueberry lemon verbena or a blueberry lemongrass. Mm. Um, I do um, strawberry and raspberry rose. And um, I do blackberry rose scented geranium, a peach basil, um, Meyer lemon, lavender honey. Mm. so yeah just using <laughs> that sounds really good <laughs> and actually and we've sold a lot of these at the store mm-hmm. so I've gotten to taste I've gotten to taste a bunch and it's like I, I love it because I feel like you know like a like a, a CSA it's kind of a grab bag you never know what you're gonna get but I feel like you just go to the <laughs> farmer's market and get inspired and then we, we you know we're the lucky ones that get yeah. to and buy the fruit too like we have the ground cherry jam and um using different different fruits and vegetables to make stuff too the green tomato chutney and doing like the cranberry and orange together there's you don't see that too too often it's true it's true yeah i mean the the book is really awesome um you know Thanks. you can you can get really inspired by all these different flavor combinations um we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk more about um other do it yourself at home cooking things and also about how some of these things pair with cheese so stay with us you are listening to lung by iggy dean on heritage radio network.org The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. When you come to learn at the Academy, we instill our love for cheese, our expertise, and our experience so that you can support artisanal producers, impeccably care for the fine cheeses you carry, and serve your customers with skill and enthusiasm. We integrate hands-on practice, formal instruction, and classroom discussion in all of our courses. The Academy's programs are offered at the Mons Fromagerie in the heart of France, where cheese undergoes affinage and cheeses are received, prepared, and shipped. Several Mons retail shops are nearby. The surrounding countryside is the home to producers whose excellent cheeses are cared for by the Mons team. The Mons cheese business has more than 50 years' experience caring for and teaching about cheese in France, a country known as the source of some of the world's greatest cheeses, deepest cheese tradition, and the highest level of technological research and rigor in cheese making and ripening. The Academy has been recognized by the American Cheese Society as the first approved education center for those preparing for the certified cheese professional exam. Enroll now for Essential Foundations for Cheese Professionals or Affinage, the Art and Science of Maturing Cheese. For more information, visit www.academy-mons.com That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E dash M-O-N-S dot com 
Certified Cheese Professional is a registered trademark of the American Cheese Society. And we are back on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Uh, my guest today is Kelly Geary, who is the author of Tart and Sweet, published by Rodale Press, and also the founder and proprietor of Sweet Deliverance, um, which is uh, a jam company as well as a really awesome um, CSA home delivery company. Um, and so what? It, how do people find out about your book and your, and your business? Uh, what's, your, what's your website? My website is sweetdeliveranceNYC.com. And my book's in Williams-Sonoma and Amazon and all the kind of major retailer places. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Pick up a copy if you haven't, if you don't have one, it's a great <laughs> it's spring. Great it's time. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. We've all, we all should have run through our, you know, winter supply of, um, you know, of jams and things. And now, you know, the cupboard should be bare time to make more. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, well, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, pairing some of these things with cheese. Cause of course that's what, you know, that's what I'm obsessed <laughs> with and that's what this show is about. Um, so you, and you actually devoted a part of your book to this subject. Yes. You helped me. <laughs> we made a little cheese plate section. It was, it was, that was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I I like pairing both sweet and savory spreads with cheese. Um, I think people seem to be a little bit more tend toward the savory side, like the uh, like the chutneys and the spicy things. People tend to gravitate more something towards. with a little bit more vinegar, with a little bit more right. acid, with the spice. Yeah, right. I'm really fond of of sweet things with like mild cheeses. Um, I, I think you're right. I mean, we, for a while, were, were doing um, a cheese and jam witch at the store, mm-hmm. and um, we were using Salvatore Ricotta with that stuff. Yeah, with your um, strawberry rose jam, and it was ridiculous. My dad says, you can rub that cheese in your hair. <laughs> people <laughs> over the past couple of shows people have been talking about cheese in a in a variety of um, hygiene <laughs> ways i was talking with susan bruce uh, a butter maker and she was talking about swimming in her creme fraiche and rubbing salvatore ricotta in your hair i would love it if people did that with those products it's like yeah just get a quart rub it in your hair that's mm-hmm. great eat it rub it in your hair whatever you want <laughs> um but so people shouldn't be afraid of um, trying different flavor combinations, basically. Right. And the two, like with the jams that we make, and there's definitely other companies out there, like June Taylor makes a lot of really great marmalade. She's out of California, and she uses really interesting varieties like bergamot or like different varieties of lemons and 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 different herbals as well. And I feel like her jams are like... I, maybe it's because people tend to think that uh, with jams or like sweet preserves that they're going to be super sweet, like the Smucker stuff that they buy in the supermarket, mm. and that's not what they want. But there's definitely tons of companies out there now that make preserves that actually taste like the fruit and not so much like corn syrup or sugar or whatever, which is like kind of what we go for. So that brings up another question. Jelly versus jam versus marmalade versus chutney. Okay. Can you tell us just like the 101 version of what the difference is? Sure. Like jelly is usually, it's strained through a jelly bag. And so it's kind of like juice made into a jam. And then jam is the meat of the fruit. Um, 
made into a preserve. And then marmalade is most of the time is citrus. So it's including the rind. And then there's a natural pectin in the rind. So like some, some marmalades, depending on what kind of fruit it is, uh, what kind of citrus it is, you are going to add pectin or not add pectin, or you can make your own pectin from the fruit. So that's usually citrus. Although there's all kinds of, there's like a weird line where like, yeah, there's like onion marmalade or like tomato marmalade. They're not really marmalades, but they're, they're not, they don't really fit anywhere else. So I think that's like, <laughs> they've somehow adopted, yeah, <laughs> they've been adopted. But, uh, and then chutney is really funny because they're, chutney just is, it means sauce. Mm. So there's, if you look up chutney, it, there's a bunch of different definitions, but, um, Usually in a canned version, it's got a lot of sugar and a lot of vinegar, and it's kind of this bold, tangy, sort of sweet, sour um, relish that you're going to put on stuff mm. with cheese or meat. or I love them all. Yeah. Yeah. The cheddar cheese and chutney sandwich. So good. Yeah. One of my favorite pairings of all time is the Cabot Cloth Bound Cheddar or the Shelburne cheddar, both from Vermont, with um, the uh, raisin haters, which is a yeah. an um, apple chili chutney with raisins in it and a little bit of mustard <laughs> seed and cumin and really interesting yeah. stuff like that. We stopped calling it raisin haters because people were like, "What?" They're like, "It has raisins in it. How <laughs> like, could it be for raisin haters?" Yeah, <laughs> I know it's, it was confusing, but it, it was, was delicious. I know. Well, it was funny to me at the time, and I didn't know that that part of the company would get taken so seriously. <laughs> it's the funny thing about business. You just start it up and then one day you're like, oh, people are taking us seriously. That's a good thing, I guess. But, <laughs> um, well, what about um, other, so what about other do-it-yourself, um, you know, home things? I know you've been talking a lot about yogurt lately. Yeah, I'm kind of on a weird yogurt kick. And not even that I even eat that much yogurt. I just... Um, I actually was inspired by you carry a yogurt at your store now called White Mustache, mm. which is so good. I had one the other day and I was like, this is amazing yogurt. My yogurt <laughs> never turns out like this. It's really the White Mustache yogurt is so good. I mean, there's the, the texture and the flavor. You eat it and you feel like you're giving your stomach a massage. It just yeah. is like so wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> it's really awesome. And I love the fact that she puts honey at the bottom because I love to eat honey with my yogurt. Mm hmm. And the nuts chopped up. I was just like, this is great. So I kind of was inspired by her. And I had been making yogurt um, for a while on my own. And um, so I just started experimenting with trying to get that same sort of super thick, creamy texture. And then I was like, well, I have to do something different than this lady. I can't just like perfect copying this <laughs> this woman. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do raw milk yogurt and not heat it up so that you're still getting all the probiotic benefits of the raw dairy, um, wow. which I think I've gotten down. That's awesome. That's <laughs> aw And what do you think is like the biggest um, factor when you're making yogurt at home? What's the, I don't know, what are the things that if you had to give somebody like a cheat sheet, what would you tell them? Well, I actually, a long time ago, I bought a yogurt maker and it came with this funny little thermometer that like tells you right exactly when to put the culture in. Uh -huh. um, so I think getting the culture in at the right temperature and then making sure that you're, it's in kind of a constantly warm spot to ferment. 
overnight is really important. Um, and that's what I found. Like when I started making them, I would just do them kind of like leave them sit in a pot with a lid on and it would turn out really loose. <laughs> Max is being so cute right now. <laughs> Max is really giggling. He loves yogurt apparently. <laughs> but um, yeah, so my trick is is that I I heat everything up and then I put the culture in and right when I put the culture in, I turn my oven on really high and let it get nice and warm in there. And then I stir the culture in and then I put the lid on the pot and turn the oven off. And it's not super hot, but it's probably like a hundred and something degrees. And then just put it in there and close the door. And like it just slowly cools down on its own, but it has the it's gas so it has the pilot light. So it's always kind of warm in there. And that seems to make really great thick yogurt. And then mm. I strain it. Mm. And the raw milk. Oh, my goodness. So for people in the city who want to get raw milk, um, can you give them advice or is it super top secret? Well, I mean, it's... You can say super or super top secret. But I don't know how... Because there's definitely, I know, tons of people that get it. So, like, is it top secret enough where I shouldn't say it on here? I'm not sure. But there's places that you can find it. There's, like, traditional nutrition people that you can, like, join their guild and you drive and you sign a waiver uh, saying that you're cool if you get sick. (laughs) Which you don't. (laughs) Which you obviously won't. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, just to, like, protect them. So it's kind of a process to get it. And then there's, like, a, a drop-off and a, and a pick-up places around the city. So, yeah, you can do it. Like, if you want you, – I mean, if you want to find it, you can. And it's like, what's better than homemade yogurt? Homemade raw milk yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, and then, of course, to that yogurt, you can add any of your delicious jams, chutney, or well, chutney might be, well, no, you could do savory, I guess. You I could do savory. It would be more of like a sauce, maybe for, for dinner, for like a meat or something. Yeah. We just made this week uh, the Kedgeri out of the Salty Cookbook, which is like Carolyn Fidanza used to make that when she was still working at Diner. And years and years and years ago, I would go to brunch there, and it's like a curried rice and smoked whitefish, and it has a yogurt sauce, and it's got, like, mm. cardamom and coriander and pepper, and it's so good with, like, scallions and pickled vegetables. Like, you could totally put chutney with that, and it'd be really good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. that That's making me really hungry. That sounds really good. <laughs> the Salty Cookbook, another highly recommended cookbook. Yeah, that's, super great. Yeah, that's a great book. Um, and yogurt making. If people want to find out more about yogurt making, do you have any favorite um, you know, resources you can point them towards? Um, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward thing to do. Usually it's, 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 there's not really a recipe to it. It's just kind of like figuring out your environment. So, um, you can look it up online, but it's basically just heating up milk or not heating it up, depending on whether you want it to be more probiotic. If you're using pasteurized regular, milk you heat it to like 160 and then let it cool so it's like that little um that spot right before it boils where all the little bubbles come up and it's it's like you know what i mean you know what i'm talking about yeah (laughs) yeah and then and then you let it cool until like 140 and then you add your culture in and do you just use more yogurt as a culture you just use other yogurt 
So pick your favorite yogurt, yeah. everybody. And some people are really like into recycling their culture and using the culture from the batch that they just made, like kind of like how people do a sourdough starter. Mm. Um, but I feel like I get the best results when I use a new culture every time. And I don't know, like this is all like, I'm, I'm, I, this is recent. So I could discover something different later. But there's also like a ferment meetup. Oh, uh, no way. Yeah. And I feel like there's a there's a, definitely a show uh, on Heritage that's about fermentation. And the people that do that show are part of the fermentation meetup. I need to go to this meetup. You should. <laughs> Michaela, I don't know if you remember Michaela. She has this company, Crock and Jar, and she makes these really great sauerkrauts. But um, she rents kitchen space from me. And she's like, oh, the, <laughs> the fermentation meetup crowd is so quirky. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, I remember actually um, Daphne Zeppos, who um, unfortunately passed away last year. Um, She was a real cheese luminary and her husband is an artist. And um, so uh, he was he was telling a story about, um, you know, the two of them together talking about their their kind of odd life's professions. And they were trying to decide who was weirder, art people or cheese people. <laughs> and they decided that cheese people were weirder. So <laughs> if cheese people are weird, then fermentation people in general have got to be even more quirky. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And they meet up at Jimmy's Fort number 43, um, which like, is on 7th Street in yeah. the city. Like, I think the first the first someday of every month. I don't know what day. But okay. uh, I'm sure you can look it up online if you're in New, New York. York City fermentation meetup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm sure they have people that are like yogurt expert fanatics. Totally. Be really interesting. A woman came into my store once actually and gave me some cultures that she had ordered from like Finland or something. Oh, wow. I mean, it's it's actually really interesting. I mean, the world of yogurt is kind of like... You know, there are so many different permutations and so many different <laughs> kinds of bacteria um, that, you know, will make it. And, you know, so I'm sure, yeah, you can find some some pretty dedicated and weird um, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for coming on the show to yeah, talk about um, preserves paired with cheeses and yogurts. Um, and we will be back next week with another episode of the show. Um, one last time, people uh, want to find out about Sweet Deliverance and what you do. Can you give us your website? Sure. It's SweetDeliveranceNYC.com. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be back next week with another episode. Stay tuned. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs>